0: CHAPTER NINE The next evening, as planned, we all arrived at the mall separately. I hooked up with Cassie at the food court. "'Hi! What a huge surprise to see you here!' I said. "Uh "'Uh-huh!' We did a little act for any curious controller who might be watching, pretending to be surprised to see each other. I looked at my watch. "'Perfect! We have fifteen minutes to wander slowly toward the gap.' I saw Jake and Axe down playing video games, Cassie said. Poor Jake. Axe is a little unpredictable when he's in human morph. While I was watching, he tried to eat a cigarette butt out of an ashtray. Andalites have no mouths and no sense of taste. So whenever Axe played human, he found the sense of taste extremely exciting. He would try to eat everything around him. I laughed at the image of Axe chewing on a cigarette butt. I was surprised I could laugh. This was not a mission I was looking forward to. We arrived at the store. Marco says it's in the last dressing room, I reminded Cassie. And we have to assume the people who work here in the store are all controllers. Speaking of Marco, I wonder if he made it on time? I'm sure he did, Cassie said. He seems to be kind of into all this lately. Yeah, what's that about? I muttered. Cassie shrugged. People change, I guess. I feel sorry for Tobias not being able to come along. It'll tear him up. On the other hand, I'm jealous. I nodded in agreement. I was feeling hyper again, jazzed, the way I usually did before we set out to do something dangerous. Only more so this time. I'll admit it, the Yerkpool scared me. The idea of that awful place made me sick at heart. And now we were going back down there. Time to go to the dressing room, I said. Pick something out you want to try on. Cassie looked at me blankly. Like what? I rolled my eyes. Cassie cannot shop. She is shopping impaired. Just pretend you're me. Grab a sweater or something. I spotted Jake and Axe across the room. Axe's human morph is always a little surprising to see because it's a combination of DNA from Jake, Marco, Cassie, and me. He is a guy, but sort of pretty, and with a definite hint of weirdness about him. I grabbed a sweater for Cassie and held it out for her. Like I would ever wear that, she said. It says dry clean only. We went to the next to last dressing room and closed the door behind us. Let's do this, I said tersely. We had all decided the best way to go was in cockroach morph. The last time we'd morphed into roaches, things had not gone well. But roaches were fast, and their senses were good enough to use for our purposes. Also, they might go unnoticed. I was not looking forward to doing the roach body again. I don't like becoming anything that can be stepped on. Besides, if you think looking at a cockroach is gross, try being one. I looked at Cassie and let out a yelp. Two hugely long antennae were sprouting from her forehead. Jeez, you could have warned me you were starting. Morphing is not some neat, sensible process where you just gradually become something else. It is much weirder than that. Different changes happen at different times. Body parts appear suddenly. Other parts disappear. And the sizes don't always match up till the end. The first change on Cassie was the sudden appearance of the antennae, which shot straight out of her forehead like two fishing poles. Then her skin started to get crispy-looking. At the same time, we were both shrinking, which feels just like falling. I mean, you see the walls shooting up higher and higher. You see the ground rushing up at you like you're a parachutist whose chute didn't open. Unfortunately, since it was a dressing room, there were mirrors on two sides. Ha! I cried, startled by the nauseating sight of the skin of my back melting into two huge, hard, brown wings. Cassie was too far gone to say, "'Shh!' but she held one of her hands up to what was left of her lips. Just then her extra legs came popping out of her stomach, and I think I would have yelped again, except that I no longer had a mouth. I heard a slurping sound as the last of my bones dissolved, and I sagged into my exoskeleton.' My clothing was piled around me like a huge collapsed tent. Human sight was gone now. What I could see was vague and muddy and shattered into a thousand pieces. But I'd had practice being a roach. I could make some sense of the roach's confusing way of seeing. And there were some compensations. The antennae that sprouted from my head were amazingly good at reading vibrations and smells. You okay? I asked Cassie. I'm trapped under my own jeans, she said. No, wait, there, I'm out. I see you, I said. Yikes, look out, there are pins all over the carpet. The straight pins were steel shafts that looked as big around as the crossbar of a swing set. The sharp ends didn't seem very sharp at this size, and the blunt ends were like big steel beach balls. Okay, let's get out of the way, I said. We scurried on our six legs over to a corner underneath a small triangular seat. Man, this roach brain really wants to run, Cassie said. Tell me about it, I agreed. When you first morph an animal, it is almost always a struggle to adjust to its particular instincts. We had morphed roaches before, so we were prepared, but the first time I had become a roach, it was all I could do to control the panic. Even now, the roach's jumpy instincts were barely under control. Run, it said. Run! I heard loud, crashing vibrations. Something huge moved over our heads. I couldn't see well enough to recognize him, but a few seconds later he began to morph down into our world. Who is it? I asked. Me, Marco. What, you don't recognize me? After that came Axe, who had to morph back into his andalite body and then into a roach. Jake grabbed all the clothing we had shed, stuffed it into a bag and took it away to store in one of the coin lockers out in the mall. Then he came back and morphed into his own cockroach form. His own outer clothing would be sacrificed, left in the dressing room. That would look strange, but not as strange as five separate sets of clothing. Okay, boys, girls, and bugs, Marco said. This has taken about fifteen minutes, which means we are already down to an hour and forty-five minutes in morph. And this is not a morph I want to be stuck in. Amen. Let's move out, Jake said. We scampered like a very tiny, very gross army beneath the divider that separated us from the next dressing room. This was the dressing room Markable Leaves led to the Yerk Pool. We can hide up under the seat, I said. One of the cooler parts of being a roach is the ability to walk right up most walls. We shot up the wall and cowered beneath the roof formed by the little triangular seat. I rested, facing straight up on the wall. Tiny spines at the end of my legs gripped the small bumps of the painted wall. I could see two of the others just above me, parked like low-slung, tobacco-brown cars. Their antennae waved around, just as mine did, picking up scents, feeling vibrations. And then, quite suddenly, it happened. The door of the dressing room opened. A shape so tall, it might as well have been a skyscraper, came into the room. We have company, Marco announced as if we hadn't noticed, as if our little roach brains weren't screaming at us, run, run, run. Then I heard a soft snap. The mirror on the back wall of the dressing room swung open. I felt an assault of damp air, rich with a mineral scent. I had smelled that aroma before. Memories came rushing into my head, memories I wished I could forget. Let's go, Jake yelled. We tore down the wall, hit the carpet, and blazed for the doorway. The feet of the controller were just ahead of us, monstrous building-sized shoes that lifted and swung ahead, disappearing from sight. In we went after the controller. The door closed behind us. we in, Jake said. Oh, goody, Marco replied.